ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Newcastle has a history as a city of hard work. It's been a place built on making goods, digging coal out of the ground, manufacturing steel. But what if I told you another essential Australian product began its life here? The Bicky. Well, you know, it started here, right? It started here and the arrowroot, if they weren't something that would decay, you could wear an Arnott's biscuit as a badge of honour and say, I'm from Newcastle. <laughs> I'm Laurie Dixon and today on Newcastle Cast, how Australia's biggest biscuit brand began here, on the banks of the Hunter, and whether the family behind the biscuit will continue to keep the baking tradition alive. about mid-morning in the ABC Newcastle office and what better thing to pair with a tea or a coffee is a biscuit, wouldn't you agree? So I'm going to ask the people in the office right now what their favourite biscuit is. Rachel, question, what's your favourite biscuit? I would say I'm very partial to a mint slice. Mm-hmm. Mint is one that people, in my opinion, either like or they hate. Yeah, very true, actually. It can be polarising. Yeah, I, I love them because I find them refreshing and I also like because they're sort of like dark chocolate and I love dark chocolate. Dan, do you have a favourite biscuit? I hate the mint slice. Oh, that's right. I hate the mint slice. In a family pack, though, I will always go the Kingston. I think it's the combination of chocolate and Anzac biscuit-esque that really does it for me. Can I jump on the mint slice bandwagon and say and say that it's like chocolate covered toothpaste? So definitely not mint slice for me. Okay, before we start a full-on war in the ABC Newcastle office over whether the mint slice is a good biscuit or not, let's get back to the premise. Everyone has a favourite biscuit. The one you go for in an assorted pack. But before there were so many options to choose from, there was one type that became an Australian legacy. And I had no idea it originated from around here. Made by a man called William Arnott. The Hunter River shaped my childhood and has shaped many lives, including lives that are synonymous with Australian life, such as the Arnott family. Scott Bevan is a broadcaster for the ABC, but he's also a local historian who's written books about the Hunter River. His favourite biscuit is the Tim Tam. The origins of Arnott's biscuits there, in many respects, uh, on the banks of the Hunter River. To me, the river is synonymous with the rise of Arnott's. And it was when the river was roused and at its angriest and must have really tested William Arnott and his, tested his resilience and his desire to stay in this area. Flashback to the 1840s. William Arnott, a Scottish immigrant, arrives in Morpeth just near Maitland and opens a bakery right near the river. Back then, Morpeth was the place to be. So much came down the Hunter River and so many people arrived up the Hunter River into this part of the world. And at the centre of that was Morpeth. It wasn't so much Newcastle then, it was Morpeth. Morpeth was a major river port and as such, it started attracting people there. So Morpeth in the 1800s was a port town? That's Stephen Arnott. Yep, exactly, of the Arnott family. He's William's great-great-great-grandson. And so the tall ships would sail from the UK and the Americas all the way to Newcastle, which wasn't established then, 
up the river and this was where they were coming to. This was the destination. And a day out in Morpeth wouldn't be complete without one of William Arnott's ship's biscuits. Called that because they were designed not to spoil on a long ship journey. Ship's biscuits are a biscuit that's of hard tack. Mm. So in other words, double baked dry and they lasted forever. And they'd put them in containers and they'd send them off on the ships to go back to the UK or wherever. And it would be a form of sustenance for the crew. And they're so hard, you'd have to soak them in milk or water to make them uh, soften up so you could eat them. Word spread about these famous biscuits. I imagine it's like how when you're in Paris, you have to try the croissants. Back then, when you're in Morpeth, you had to have one of these ship's biscuits. As the biscuit business grows and grows, Morpeth was losing its status as a trading hub after several floods silted the river, making it impossible for tall ships to make their way there. Business was moving to the newer city of Newcastle and William decided to follow it. It was a city of coal and the ships were coming and going. That trade, William Arnott was able to tap into and create those long life biscuits perfect for long voyages, for sea going. By the time William leaves Morpeth in 1865, he's not only looking to expand his business, he's also leaving behind some personal losses. Tragedy also pushed him down the river towards Newcastle. And that's borne out in a place called the Oakhampton Cemetery. And in that cemetery, with a headstone that it, last time I saw it is listing like a sinking ship in long grass, is a piece of stone etched with names that were dear to William Arnott. There's his boy, David Milley Arnott, who died at just one year and seven months old in 1854. And then in 1860, he and his wife, his beloved wife, Monica, they lost their son, William. And William was just 14 days old. In 1865, he lost his beloved Monica. So, I think tragedy plays an integral part in his story and again it's entwined around the river and there beside the river lie the souls and remains of three of those loved ones that were so important in the life and the development of William Arnott. Once William leaves Morpeth and sets up a biscuit manufacturing factory on Union Street, the business booms. At one point, it becomes one of the biggest employers in Newcastle. You might have even heard of kids filling pillow slips with broken biscuits from the Newcastle factory and taking them home to feed the family. By the 1940s, the Union Street factory is shut and in its place are other Arnott's factories all across the country. In short, Arnott's becomes an iconic Australian brand. Like apple pie is for America, Arnott's is for many Australians one of those things we've grown up with. Today's champions and the young champions of tomorrow get their energy and stamina from Arnott's Milk Arrowroot Biscuits. I was red on them and I read my kiddies on the uh, Milk Arrowroot Arnott's. Biscuit belching behemoth in a nation that eats more biscuits and crackers than any other. How are you? Hey. I'm Steve, Steve Arnott. This is Alison, my Alison. wife. Back in the present day, I'm in Morpeth. I had no idea Arnott's began here, next to the river, until we began researching this story. 
or that the Arnott family was still around these parts. So the parrot's really interesting in the sense that it's the colours of a rosella, but uh, William wanted to do this as a slogan. So he looked at this and he said, well, uh, on its tee is the best poll I see, which means he came up with the slogan of honesty is the best policy. And that's how the uh, rosella coloured parrot became the logo of Arnott. I'm standing inside the Morpeth Bakehouse where William Arnott first made his ship's biscuits. It's been done up by Steve Arnott, William's great-great-great-grandson, and it's been turned into a shrine to the family name. The house is full of old Arnott's memorabilia. What's the most recognised logo in Australia? And the first one, number one's ABC, and the second one is Arnott's. We name the rooms after biscuits. Oh. So this one's Sayo, the one behind us is Vovo, and we're going upstairs to Monte Carlo. This site wasn't always in the hands of the family, though. Arnott's might be a well-known Australian brand, and it remained in family hands until the 1980s. But eventually, big American business smelled an opportunity. It's complicated, but eventually Campbell's, the American food giant best known for their soup cans, ended up buying up Arnott's in the mid-90s. Steve wasn't involved in Arnott's or baking at this point. I was a carpenter and joiner. My grandfather said a few things that made key things for me. One was, being an Arnott, of course, don't ever expect to work in the business because it's a, a shareholder-owned company now. The other thing he said was, was that all of us Arnott's uh, don't go to university, we're all tradesmen. Still, it was a hard thing to wear, having an American conglomerate swallow up the family business. Steve had just married Alison, who was a food scientist. The two of them found themselves visiting Morpeth to check out the family history. William Arnott's Bakehouse was in disrepair and suddenly the thought occurred to them. Why not revive the tradition of Arnott's baking in Morpeth? Steve hadn't baked before, but surely it was in his blood. We bought this property really just to save it from uh, crumbling away into little bits and pieces. Yeah, I've been working ever since. I went to TAFE, did the baking course. My father worked at Arnott's, my grandfather worked at Arnott's, my great, my great great, great great great. So I was sixth generation baker. So we've been baking in Australia since 1847. Um, so yeah, I thought, well, why not uh, keep the tradition going? Nearly 150 years after William Arnott left Morpeth for greener pastures, Steve Arnott opened up Morpeth Bakehouse. The property even still had the original Scotch oven William first used to bake his biscuits out the back. So here we are. Um, oven was built approximately 1838 and it's just in here. Wow. I feel like I've gone back in time. <laughs> well, I did too when we bought this. We didn't do any advertising. We just wanted to have a little business. We moved up from Sydney and we wanted to have a little business here, uh, have a nice life in the country. You know, we were tree changers back in the 2000s. And uh, yeah, it was great. Steve and Alison were ahead of the trends in terms of moving to the country, but also in terms of what they sold. You wouldn't walk into Morpeth and find fresh, warm branded biscuits for sale. Instead, Steve and Alison are masters of sourdough. They traded here for years in a simple, quiet storefront until Steve retired from working on the floor only last year. Now, Steve teaches classes on how to make authentic sourdough bread. During COVID, for some reason, sourdough became the thing to do. And uh, yeah, I was busy, that's for sure. So was Alison. We were flat out mm. doing sourdough classes. Mm. And you said, um, Steve, that, you know, baking is a part of your family tradition, obviously. You've, you've kept it alive. 
do you hope that it continues in your family for future generations? Well, you know, what do we do? I say to my son, well, you've got to be a baker. Well, you know, <laughs> he's doing a, a course at university at the moment and it's not baking. So, uh, yeah, the, 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 the chain gets broken somewhere, but then who's to say he might, like I didn't start baking till I was 40. So he's got plenty of time. He's only 20. Like William all those years ago, it's unclear what the future holds for the Arnott's family in Morpeth. Whatever happens, though, Steve and Alison are keeping the family memory alive. As you can see if you wander through the bakehouse turned guest house. And we've got these... Old ads. Yes, read those. On your right. This one? Yeah. A biscuit courtship. Mr Sayo, my friend Miss Iced Vovo, you look so nice that people select you for tea in a trice and you taste as nice as you look, my dear. You'll ever be popular, never fear. <laughs> I love that. Uh, very early form of advertising. Oh. What's your favourite biscuit, Alison? My favourite is the um, Venetian. Mm. Really delicate with that um, bit of icing on the top and the currants. I think that's your father's favourite. Yeah, my father made claims that that's one of his recipes. Oh, the Venetian. Yeah. In a biscuit, you have the history of a region, but also how it changes and evolves. I'm not sure William Arnott would have dreamed up the Venetian or some of the other biscuits that you can now find on a supermarket shelf. Just like I'm not sure another generation of Arnott's will keep baking ship's biscuits or making authentic sourdough. But for a moment, Newcastle was known for making coal and steel and William Arnott's biscuits, and that deserves to be remembered. Considering he was producing long-life biscuits, I bet not even he could have imagined the long life that his biscuits and biscuit empire that he founded would have. Newcastle Cast is produced on a Wabigal Country by Toby Hemmings and me, Laurie Dixon. Our executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. Get in touch with us at newcastlecast at abc.net.au. You can even tell us your favourite Vicky and leave a review on your podcast player of choice. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.